Welcome to Breakthrough Conversations. My name is Danielle Perry, and I'm so glad you decided to take time out of your busy schedule to listen. On this podcast, you will hear authentic stories from people of all ages who've endured through challenging situations or seasons in their lives and how they overcame or they are on their way to overcoming with God's help. Be encouraged as you listen, because God may be speaking to you. Us today, I have with us on this episode Miss Karina Washington. I am so glad that you're here. Glad, Thank you. Glad. Thank so you for being a part. To be here as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So I have you on today to talk about being a mother of five children. On top of that, five boys. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we delve into that, just tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am first-generation American. My mother is Panamanian. My father is Jamaican. I was born and raised in the the great Prince George's County, Maryland, you know. Um, Adelphi, (laughs) that's close to University of Maryland, Mm -hmm. so it's on that side. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was raised by my maternal grandmother, so a lot of the, the way I navigate through this world comes through her life experiences and the things that she taught me growing up. Um, I married the love of my life Aww. at 20. 20. So we have, yes, we have almost been married now for 14 years. Wow. Washington, my wow. boo. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 14 years? Almost, yes. 14, wow. right? Wow. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Well, congratulations on celebrating almost 14 years. That's a blessing. Um, so, again, I have you on here today to talk about being a mom of five yeah. children, I'm sure I could hear it from Holden's perspective and get a whole nother, you oh know. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, we're going to talk to you and, and hear it from the mom's perspective today. So go ahead and tell us how old are all of your children? So my oldest just turned 13 last weekend. Um, his name is Nehemiah. My second is 11. His name is Ezra. My third, his name is Daniel. He's eight. My baby, well, he's not the baby baby, but mm-hmm. he, he's my baby. He'll always be my baby. Mm-hmm. He is six. His name is Levi. And the baby baby, he is Micah. He was born at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. He is almost two, so he'll be two in April. Wow, time flies. Because I remember when Nehemiah was a baby and he had all this curly yes, hair. He was adorable. Yes. Adorable. So time really flies. So all of your children... Have biblical names. Absolutely. (laughs) So tell us the inspiration behind their names. Words are powerful. And your name is something that gets spoken over you daily. Mm -hmm. And the meanings of their names have meaning. And I want that to be spoken over them daily. And I noticed that it kind of intertwines with their personalities. Mm -hmm. So Nehemiah, his name means um, comfort of the Lord. I noticed that his younger siblings gravitate towards him when mm. they need to be comforted or they need to be defended. Mm. Um, Ezra, he his name means helper or strength. He is a no limit soldier. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he he's very helpful, but he's also very stubborn and strong willed. Mm. Daniel, Daniel means God is my judge. He is. He's very confident and loving in his confidence mm-hmm. and. I can see that he definitely just, it it exudes, like you can see it in him. Mm-hmm. Levi, his name means um, joined or, you know, 
come coming together. Okay. And Levi is definitely the comfort and the one who wants to get everyone together and mm. love on everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Micah, his name, what does his name mean? I, I just like, because you know how you just think and then you're like, oh my God, number five. What is his name? I'll look it up. But he is definitely the epitome. Oh, um, who is like the Lord. And okay. his personality is very much like in your face and just very energetic and just loving and like wow like everything is just a wonder to him wow so it their names mean so much and you can see it in their personality yeah so. absolutely and I think that's amazing how you know God will give you the names before they're born exactly and then you see that they actually are who their names exactly. who, you know who God gave exactly. you know so I, I just think that's that's amazing mm-hmm. so tell us what it was like being pregnant with your first child. And then we're going to kind of run down each pregnancy in kind of a short version because, you know, there's so many questions I want to ask you today. Yes. <laughs> but so if you can tell us, yeah, what was it like your first So to start, child? I remember when I was very young, I told my grandmother that I was going to have 10 kids. She laughed at me. She said, no way, uh-huh. I'm halfway there. So, but <laughs> right. of course not, you know, because mm-hmm. I know you'll bring up another question, but mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. But, um... I was excited and terrified, Mm. very, very, very excited, but also terrified because I grew up babysitting. I come from a very large extended family. So cousins been, I've been changing diapers since I could remember, Mm -hmm. but having your own, I didn't know how I was going to love and take care of another person Mm -hmm. in the way that I know that babies need to be taken care of. Yeah. I figured, yeah, I can feed them. I can change it. But am I going to actually be able to lead this person and train this person like in the way that they should go? So I I was terrified. Um, I remember, you know, when you feel like you have more time because Nehemiah actually came a few weeks early. He um, we went to our appointment. They were like, you know, your blood pressure is really high. And I was like, you know, blood pressure. I'm 20. Like, what you yeah. mean blood pressure is yeah, high? Yeah, yeah. So then when I went into the doctors, they um did a scan. They were like, you know, it's probably because his amniotic fluid is so low. Mm. There was almost nothing in there. So mm. immediately, I didn't even get to go home and get anything. They said, go straight to the hospital. We went. They put me on everything, Cervidil, mm. Pitocin, and the mm. next morning he was here. Wow. And I remember... um going through birth and I mean I was like oh man I don't think I'm ever going to do this again it was was difficult but then I remember when I saw him Mm. he came out and he like it's almost like we locked eyes immediately and I was like oh my god like I think this is the moment that mothers talk about Mm. because I was immediately in love immediately Mm. so awesome awesome so you had your firstborn how much longer after that was Ezra born? Two years. Two years. And it's funny because he was when he was little, I was like, man, Nehemiah, man, if we have another son, you know, it should be Ezra. Like mm-hmm. Holden was like, yeah, yeah, that's the name. But I picked it because I said it first. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Okay, Ezra. Uh-huh. And I remember when he was about one years old, I was like, man, I think we should have another one. But, you know, everyone was like, you're still in school. Like, you should wait. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I, the, here he was. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you have your second child and it's like, okay, they're two years apart. I mean, was it kind of hectic in that moment? So honestly, I think the most hectic was going from zero to one. Mm, I think that for me, having two was great because, you know, it's easier to manage. Mm -hmm. 
And then kind of, it's like, you know, it was one more after okay. that. Okay. Um, but yeah, zero to one was definitely the most difficult transition because you're so used to only worrying about yourself. Right. But mm-hmm. once you get into having kids, it's kind of like, okay, there's another person I'm going to take care of. There's another person. And okay. Three years later, we had Daniel. Three years later. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was that like? It was interesting. And it's more so because um, at that time I was actually staying home. I was staying home mom for about a year because that didn't last long. Because okay. I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Uh-huh. But um, he, and he came so fast because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Holden left. And I said, oh, I think we should probably go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Within two hours, I was like, babe, like we need to go right now. Mm-hmm. He was like, from start to finish, he was born in within four hours of me feeling contractions. So wow. I didn't get to have any pain medication, nothing. And I mean, it was an experience. Uh-huh. But I mean, when you meet Daniel, you completely understand <laughs> because he is very, very impatient. If it's not the way he wants it mm-hmm. or the way it should be, he wants it now and exactly the way he wants it. That's how he wants it. So <laughs> that is that very much his, yeah. that is very much his personality. Wow. And then there's Levi. Levi. Levi was our our sweet surprise. Because, okay. of course, at this point, you have already guessed. We didn't plan any of them so far. <laughs> but... He, we were so surprised, like, becoming pregnant with him because we were like, man. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was a great... I've had really great pregnancies all along. Mm. But this also brings into the fact that um, I... When we found out he was a boy, because at that point I was like, I just want four. Okay. I remember being so sad, but then I also remember mm. feeling very guilty Mm-hmm. That I was okay. sad that he was a boy. Okay. You know, gender yeah. disappointment. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people don't talk about it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's frowned upon. You see yeah. someone say something and I mean, you know, you look on social media, the comments are horrible. Oh, wow. But there was a sadness because I felt like I kind of wanted to just let him be the last. But then I was like, you know, I do want the experience of having a daughter. Mm. And then there was that, like, almost mourning for the fact that maybe I may never have a daughter. Okay. And this is a son. And I was like, well, I'm happy that he's healthy. He's okay. Yeah. yeah. But then I had that thought, like, man, I'm probably never going to have a daughter. Got you. And that's real. And I'm glad you're sharing that because, like you said, um, that that gender disappointment, a lot of women probably experience that, you know. Mm -hmm. So how how far apart are Daniel and who's before Daniel? Ezra? Ezra. Okay, how far apart are they? They're three years. Okay, and then Daniel and Levi are? Two years. Well, really, it's almost two because he was born in December and, you know, Daniel was still one, but it's it's two. Okay, okay. And then your last baby, Micah. Yes. After Daniel. Four years. Like, we, because at this point, I was like, I am done having kids. I'm done. I'm good. But then I was just, I was at school mm-hmm. and one of my students' mother had just had a baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she brought the baby in for a meeting. And I mean, beautiful, gorgeous baby girl, mm-hmm. um, beautiful curly hair. She reminded me of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. So I went in and um, my heart melted. And I was like, Holden, mm-hmm. you think we could do, you think, you know, you know <laughs> we could do one more? Of course he was like, no, no. <laughs> He's almost in school. We don't have to worry about daycare. Like, yeah. we're good. And I was like, let's just try one more time. Okay. And then we we tried one more time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we got um, – and we were trying for a girl. Okay. And, of course, he's a boy. Yeah. You know, so, of course, there was that gender <laughs> disappointment again. Okay. But it's funny because this time around, I think the boys were more so – 
they were very, very hurt because they were like, man, we really wanted a sister. Mm-hmm. We prayed for a sister. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but God is going to give us exactly what he wants yeah, for us. That's right. So that's what we got. We got our boy and he fit right in. Mm-hmm. He fit right in. Mm-hmm. And immediately it was funny to kind of see Ezra who, you know, they always say second, the second child, that that is the one. Mm-hmm. He is still the one. Mm-hmm. But he gravitated towards Micah in such a way where I could see the softer side of him. And he loves him. He takes care of him. If he hears him crying, you know, he's like, you know, who's who's about to get it? Right. You know, because this is my baby. Uh (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's just great to see. I love their relationship. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So talk to us about your level or your place of contentment now having five boys when you had uh i believe you said levi you were hoping for a girl Mm -hmm. and then again with micah you were hoping maybe for a girl again and you had boys you also just shared however that Mm -hmm. everybody just fits right in and whatever god has for us is for us right so how are you as far as contentment goes now having five boys so as far as i i feel very content in what we have right now it's okay. funny because I was also thinking like, I five is odd, and then I feel <laughs> like someone's always gonna kind of be left out. Okay, but you know Nehemiah now that he's older, he kind of just you know barks at them and they kind of stay awake from <laughs> <Right>. him. <laughs> but you know like and they kind of pair up. But I kind of feel one more because it's funny when we were in college, mm-hmm. we would always joke. Holden wanted six, I wanted four, and wow. I was like, let's stop. Uh-huh. So clearly he's winning. <laughs> He's, he's winning because right. he said six. But, you know, he quickly changed his mind uh-huh. after the first. He was like, man, we can stop right here. I'm good. <laughs> after oh, the first he, one? Yeah. Oh, he was done. He was like, we're good. We can stop uh-huh. right here. I'm good. And then once we had Ezra, he was like, yeah, we can stop. I was like, all right. You know. So I thought of a question to ask you because um, I wasn't sure if you said you, you came from a big family. Yes. Did Holden come from a oh, big yes. family as well? Oh, yes. He has. He's one of four boys. He's one of four boys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about you as far as, as, far as your siblings? I only have two brothers, but my extended family is very large. Very my, large. Aunt, my mom is one of 10. Wow. My dad is one of 14. Wow. So several, several uncles and aunts, cousins, uh-huh. like back to back to back. Wow. Cousins. When you see pictures of us, there are several. Several. Like, we roll deep. Roll deep. We, we roll I deep. I hear you. So, if I need help, I'm pretty sure y'all got me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's the benefit of having a big exactly. family, right? So was that the inspiration behind you wanting the yes, amount of children? Absolutely. That you had? Because okay. the love you feel, there's always someone in your corner, the support you feel. There's nothing like family. Hmm. Like yeah. friends are great, but there's something special about family, especially when you get along. When there's a Absolutely. family that gets along chef's kiss chef's yeah, kiss absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely and I guess that was the inspiration with Holden too because he comes absolutely. from a big mm-hmm. family as well okay so you having a well let me back up you being the only female at home <laughs> how is that so it's funny because um I that that is kind of my like that's my jam, like boy things. Okay. Growing up, I was into cartoons, anime, mm. video games. So that, like, 
being able to enjoy that with my sons, like I am able to bond with them awesome. without any issues. And awesome. it's kind of fun because, you know, now, you know, they're like, oh, you know, all these boy things. But I'm like, I think they're cool. Like uh -huh. I'll play with Legos. <laughs> I will get down. And if he can't beat a level, we'll go on YouTube and we'll figure out, okay, so how do we beat this ball? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so yeah, I have fun. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I think uh, it's good to hear that perspective because you have women who, let's say, are in your shoes with five boys mm -hmm. and they're like but I'm not really into the yeah. the the boy games and the mm -hmm. boy you know so it's good to hear that perspective and yeah. I even imagine for myself if I have a son I'll probably be the same way because I grew right. up a tomboy and mm -hmm. was into sports oh, and that man. sort of thing so absolutely so having a big family tell us uh what what is it like as far as the pros and cons if there are any cons but so Pro, okay. You know, it's it's always live, like very exciting. <laughs> like there is no chill in this house. The mm -hmm. con, there is no chill. <laughs> so it is a pro and it is a con because okay. there's constant movement, there's constant life, and it's just always going. Even when it's bedtime, you can hear them whispering, <laughs> and I'm like, it's bedtime, <laughs> and they are still, they still whispering. <laughs> so there is no chill. Yeah. And Holden's like, man, like sometimes he wants to hide. So I'm like, no, no, if you want to hide, we hide together. <laughs> Let's hide together. <laughs> but yeah, there, yeah, there's no chill. No chill. That's a pro and a con. Okay. And mm -hmm. especially with boys, I imagine, because yes. they're always active, right? Right. And the food. Oh my God, they can mm. eat. They can eat. They can eat. They can eat. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you see Nehemiah is oh, skinny, he's, yeah. but he's shooting he's up shooting and he up. can eat. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So I have a, a silly question. We come across certain families, not all that we see that the blinds in their windows are always Listen. messed up. Oh my gosh. What is it, that about? It is from, from the, <laughs> the oldest to the youngest. And we change those blinds monthly. Are you serious? Yes. And they are always broken. <laughs> it started with Nehemiah. When we were in the apartment, we had the long blinds. He used to rip them things down. Whoa. Then the like, you know, the vertical blinds, uh -huh. like, they're constantly trying to figure out, like, is mommy home yet? Or who's at okay. the door? Because, you know, I like Amazon. So uh -huh. they're, like, trying to figure out. Or they'll see that Amazon has, like, the yellow light on it. So they know <laughs> there's a package coming. Uh -huh. So they're looking. And they're, I mean, break them every single time. Now, Micah. Okay. I've already told you about Micah. Uh -huh. Micah will literally go to the top and pull them all the way down. <laughs> so he has snatched them off of the window quite Man. a few times. Mm -hmm. Man. Jared and I literally just had a conversation yesterday, like, why are our neighbors' blinds always messed I'm up? I'm telling you, <laughs> kids are fixated on blinds. That's crazy. When I was a kid, my grandmother had curtains, so I would just go in between the right. curtains and I'd wrap myself <laughs> up in it. Like, if there were blinds, I'm uh -huh. pretty sure I would have probably been pulling them down, too. So <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, well, now I know. <laughs> <laughs> Having a big family... Are there any negative stereotypes that you hear from other people? You mentioned earlier about some negative comments that you see on social media. If you can talk talk some about that, but also the stereotypes that people may have just when they see you, when they see Holden, when they see your sons. Like, man, they are a big family. What yeah. is that like? I mean, you get the comments, you know, but and there's always the assumption that the government is funding our family. Wow. Which is one it's it's one of those things where I'm not sure if it's like a stereotypical thing because mm -hmm. I am a black woman mm -hmm. or if it's something because I have a large family. Gotcha. Which as you know, my husband has a very successful electrical business. Yes, he I does. am a public school educator. Absolutely. I've been so for years. Mm -hmm. 
and you know it's expensive but we yeah. make it work make it work so yeah. that is one of the stereotypes or just you know you know why why would you have this many kids in this yeah. economy and i'm like you know the thing is god has blessed us to be able to do so and yeah. our kids are able to do sports they're in aftercare programs. They are in music lessons. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, God has definitely blessed us to be able to provide our sons with those things. Awesome. And they don't want for anything, you know, my kids. Awesome. Electronics, they have it. Things mm -hmm. that, you know, I could have only wished growing up, they mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. And we always let them know, like, this is a blessing and not to look at us as the blessers, you know. Awesome. That's, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Mm -hmm. What about when people see, well, you, you mentioned your skin color. Do you ever hear people, maybe sometimes even family, because they don't always know how to say the right things, but you come from a big family, so it may be different. But do you ever hear people say, mm, you have black sons? Yes. Girl, I'm, I'm hoping for you. I'm praying for you because, oh, yeah. you know. There's always that fear that you have as a black woman, and especially a black woman with five sons mm -hmm. that you have for your sons. Because when they're little, they're cute. Everyone thinks they're cute. Yeah. But when do they go from being cute and innocent to a threat? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. black men, whether you know society wants to admit it or not, are deemed as a threat. Mm -hmm. And that has always been a question in my mind. And I realized that a few summers ago when Nehemiah was about 11, I bought him a bike. He got on the bike, like as we were leaving out of Walmart, mm -hmm. he got on the bike and he's riding. There's cops at the door. Mm -hmm. They immediately stop him. Mm -hmm immediately and I realized at that moment like right at the onset mm -hmm. of puberty mm -hmm. he was around five two I was like I think that's when mm -hmm. he becomes a threat mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that was definitely a difficult experience for me and I, I remember talking to a co-worker about it and she was like you know I pray for you a lot because I know like I only have one son you have five black mm -hmm. sons mm -hmm. and I know you must not just fear for his life but you fear for your husband's as well yeah and I was like, yes, like this is this is what this is America. Yeah. And this is how we live. And that fear doesn't go away because I know it. I see it. I see mm -hmm. it in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I see how our black boys are treated mm -hmm. as opposed to their white and Hispanic counterparts. Yeah. They're not treated the same. And mm -hmm. I do have that fear because I see walking with my husband where a woman looks and she, she, you can see that she's fearful. He is a big mm -hmm. black man, dark skinned man at that. Mm -hmm. They cross the street. Talk about I've colorism. Seen, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. They, they cross the street. Yeah. And I know I'm, I'm raising these boys to be loving, to be kind, but you know, the world won't necessarily see them as that mm -hmm. until they get to know them. But physically just at appearance, mm -hmm. I know that the world is already judging them. Yeah. Like to me, I know that their lives are precious, but does the world see their life as precious? That's right. That's right. So that's good. That's good. And I know it may pose an extra challenge at times living in Baltimore. Oh, absolutely. Um, because if you don't live in Baltimore, I'm sure the news just makes Baltimore out to be just this crime ridden city that's just full of drugs, full of just all kinds of evil. And yes, there are parts of Baltimore that have that, right? Um, so, how do you, as a mother, not focus so much on the the parts of Baltimore that have those things going on, but rather focus on God's got us. He's protecting us. How was that for you? By surrounding ourselves with positive black role models and positive black influences, because we realize that 
those small pockets of Baltimore that get put on the news are just that. They're small pockets. That's not all of Baltimore. Yeah. Oops, sorry. But that's not all of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. That is small pockets. Like, they're... You can walk down the street and see black excellence. You go into churches, you see it there. You see successful black people, um, black women, black men, and the um, it beats the stereotype every day. That's and right. that is exactly that exactly why, like with my sons, I make sure to teach them about their history, but then also the history of where they're living in Maryland, and to let them know, like, yes, my life or my experience as a black woman growing up in Prince George's County is completely different from yours, but this is what I'm trying to expose you to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that leads into the next question that I want to ask, and that's what are some of the lessons that you and Holden teach your sons? Just share a bit of those with us. Okay, so Holden is is really, he talks to the boys all the time, Mm -hmm. and I know, you know, they may, you know, they get in there, oh, here he goes again, (laughs) but he talks about success to them a lot, and he Mm -hmm. talks about how Success is what you make it to be. Mm -hmm. Success is for you to define and only for you to define. Mm -hmm. And I love that he does that because he doesn't tell them, like, this is the measuring stick. You got to have this much money. You got to have this. He said, no, success is for you. Mm -hmm. It's only for you. That's good. Um, For me, my biggest thing is that, um, that they have emotional intelligence, that they understand and know what they're feeling, um, why they're feeling, and how do they respond to that. Because we're preparing them for a world that we've never experienced. Things are changing Mm -hmm. rapidly. Mm -hmm. And the things that kids are experiencing now, I didn't experience until I was in my 20s. So I know that the world is changing. And as we grow, like, you have to learn how to navigate this world. And I believe just being able to speak your mind respectfully and um, having that intelligence, that emotional intelligence to be able to navigate this world is very very important. Um, and I remember talking to my oldest son. Um, it's not it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I said, there is never a conversation that should be held back because you fear how the person is going to receive it. If you go in love, then you just let everything else work itself That's out. That's but you good. always, always, always have those hard conversations because you honestly aren't doing anyone any favors by not having conversations. That's good. Listen, yeah. you um, you preaching to me right now? <laughs> because I'm that's, telling you. That's just been a lesson God has been teaching me over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. So absolutely, the hard conversations are necessary. Are absolutely. Necessary. And, and for you to ingrain that in your children young, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So kind of shifting gears, but at the same time, going back to something earlier when you were talking about your son's personalities. Oh, my goodness. As a mother, how do you, I don't know if the word is adjust to their personalities, but talk to us about raising sons with different personalities and just what's that, what that's like as a parent. It is, it's difficult because I remember that growing up, it was a one size fits all motto okay. with parenting. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to go. It's, it's mm-hmm. going to be like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am realizing that like these are individuals and my approach to them has to be different yeah. because their response is going to be different to me yeah. with my repro- with my approach. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And I understand like, whereas I need to discipline one son this way, I know that I need to come in love with this son this mm-hmm. way. Because mm-hmm. if I come down hard on him, I put, I put the hammer down, 
he is not going to receive it. That's right. Whereas my oldest, if I don't put the hammer down, he's going to take full advantage. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. have to like really navigate and understand how their personalities are and then know that my approach for you is going to be completely different from my approach to him. And this is why, and I explain that, and that comes along with the emotional intelligence where you have to understand and know who you're talking to and how you approach them. Yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Is there anything that they all have in common? Oh, my gosh. Yes, they are all very musically inclined. They all Mm -hmm. sing. They dance, you know, some, a little bit, because, you uh-huh. know, some of them got, you know, my rhythm, whereas the other ones got holding <laughs> rhythm. But that's that's another conversation. But, you know, so, yeah. So um, they are very musically inclined. Mm. They, they all sing. They all play instruments. Even the baby sings. Mm. So he'll pick up something, and he'll just start singing and swaying, and it's the cutest thing. Mm-hmm. And they make up their own words and songs. Um, I love it. Like Ezra, he can make beats and music, okay. and he'll come up with his own little rap songs. And uh-huh. he like he can sing very well, but he's trying to lean towards rap. But I'm okay. like, you know, you can, you can sing. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, it's just really good when we see them in church, and they're excited, you know, when it comes to, at one point, they were all just, come on the stage and Ezra was doing the drums Mm -hmm. and you know so it's definitely good to see that and they come from two musical parents so it makes sense that they're Mm -hmm. they're musical right (laughs) explain to us what their relationships are with one another you explained how Ezra is really close to Micah Mm -hmm. is there any other connection between the brothers Levi and Daniel are definitely best friends okay yes Levi Um, and Daniel okay Nehemiah it's funny because they all come to him as like he's the leader he's the leader of the Mm -hmm. pack so he's close to all of them in very different ways very different ways and him and Ezra are definitely close Mm -hmm. and it's funny because they fight all the time (laughs) so and I always say this I was like you guys are actually best friends you just don't realize it it. Uh it's just that you guys know exactly how to push each other's buttons Mm -hmm. perfectly Mm -hmm. because I look at my younger brother and I we're very close and um I knew exactly what buttons to push on him. He knew exactly (laughs) what buttons to push on me. But now, like, we can talk, and we can talk for hours. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, like, that's what you guys have. You just don't see it. And, of course, if he's playing a game that you want, Mm -hmm. you're going to be like, you're going to make him get upset so he can get in trouble so that you can get that game. I was like, but I already know the game. So, no. No one gets it. Exactly. (laughs) How is it like, well, you just kind of explained it. They kind of bump heads, right? Yeah. Any other brothers do that as well? Oh my gosh, Nehemiah literally will just pluck on everyone. Like he <laughs> he is literally like the squasher. Like <laughs> so it's funny or if they are if they are really really upset or they feel like they have def- like my feelings are hurt. Like this yeah. is not just physical. Yeah. They will go get Nehemiah and Nehemiah will come and solve the issue. <laughs> and Nehemiah literally will put the hammer down on everybody. He's like y'all need to stop. And I'm like, "Okay, it's kind of cute to watch cuz yeah. he's he's hilarious." <laughs> When he is talking to them. Yeah. Or even the baby. The baby will crawl up on his bunk bed and just, like, just come lay next to him. And he'll be like, oh. But then he'll, Aww. you know, he'll cuddle with him for a little bit. Or he'll sit on his phone and then he'll let him play with right. it. You know, Aww. things like that. So. Well, I definitely can see the big brother in Nehemiah because seeing him in Unplugged, and seeing how mature he is, I told him, I oh, said, Nehemiah, mm-hmm. I keep putting you in high school, in ninth mm-hmm. grade, and you're only a seventh grader, right? right? 
So I definitely see the maturity in mm-hmm. him. And I know a lot of that comes from him being a big brother and him oh, being the yes. oldest. Right. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. I can I can just picture yes. those moments of him like, no, you over here. You over exactly. there. Exactly. Do what I say. So mm-hmm. I, I can see that. Yes. So one of the biggest questions for me, and it's a simple question. But it's just like, I just wonder, what is a typical day like for you? Man, like I said, there is no chill. From the time (laughs) we have to get them up, and we have to get them up early because you have your early rises. Like, as soon as I get the boys in, I'm like, all right, guys, time to get up. Nehemiah, Daniel are up, and they're ready to go. Like, they start moving. Whereas Ezra (laughs) and Levi... You got to tell them like 30 times, it's time to get up. <laughs> and you're constantly like, come on, come on, come on, it's time mm-hmm. to go. So then like Holden, like we're tag teaming with Holden. Holden's yelling at them from this way. I'm yelling <laughs> on the other side. And we're like, let's go, guys. We got to get up. And we give them 30 minutes, but they literally will wait till the last five <laughs> minutes. I can't find my shoes. Mm. And then it's chaos, but then there's five brothers. So they're all looking for shoes and we're all trying to figure out okay. what to do. So we're mm-hmm. all up. We're packed. We're ready to go. Conversations holding um, takes them to school now. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, we transition like year to year. Like last year was my year, this year. Okay. So this okay. year he's taking them to school mm-hmm. and he has great conversations with them. Sometimes he'll tell me, but he was like, nah, this one is for the guys. I couldn't tell <laughs> So like, okay, <laughs> but right. he takes them to school. I mm-hmm. pick them up. In the afternoon, um, they're usually d- like finished with their homework because they have aftercare. Okay. And when they get home, we talk, mm-hmm. we eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they fight, they argue, then I tell them to chill, <laughs> right. they don't chill, then it's bath time, then uh-huh. I'm fighting because, you know, someone pretended to take a bath and then I'm like, no, you didn't get back in the shower or no, go wash again. <laughs> so it, it's it's funny. Or then Micah, because Micah's hilarious. Micah will try to get in the shower, hop in with everyone. And I'm uh, like, baby, hilarious. your shower is at the end, like wait your turn. But, right. And then the funny thing is they'll just, oh, come on, just just come on, just just go ahead. <laughs> And then, you know, then he wants his own. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I get what you're doing mm-hmm. here. <laughs> and then, um, the, you, you know, at the end of the day where, you know, it's time to go to bed, um, Holden prays for him. Sometimes Daniel will grab a book and say, Mom, can you read to us or Dad, can okay. you read? Mm-hmm. And Holden, you know, he'll throw the book and say, no, nah, I'm going to give you all the Bible verse. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's one of those things. Whereas I'll, you know, I'll read the book and I'll do the voices. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Holden's <clears throat> like, nah, I'm going to give you some words. <laughs> so... I'm like, okay, hold on. Uh-huh. So they usually try to sneak the book to me. Like, yeah, we, want, <laughs> right. we, want the, we want the voice we want the- <laughs> So, So how early is your day? Like what time do so you So I, up? like around 5.30. 5.30, okay. 5.30, and I make sure just everything is ready to go. Okay. Because if I don't, I mean complete chaos. Yeah. So if it's not ready to go, then they will definitely be running around and it'll take us extra long to get out. Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the the nighttime around, what time are you guys winding down? About, well, we start at about seven with showers and talk, like just talking, having conversations around seven and we try to get them in bed by 830. By 830. Whereas Nehemiah, we'll give him some leeway. We, we let him go to bed around nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, he's he's a little older now, he so he is. can stay up so, a little bit. Yes, and then because he wakes up as soon as we get him up, yeah, we give him that freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk to us about how do you do it? I mean, simply put, how do you do it? And I want to ask Holden too, but how do you guys do it? How do you stay happily married? How do you raise these wonderful sons? How do you do it? I know that's a very broad question. 
but mm-hmm. just talk to us. I am living on a prayer. You hear me? <laughs> I'm like from moment to moment because these, like, just all the decisions, everything, sometimes it's like, oh man, there's so much on me. Mm-hmm. There's so much on my plate. Like, how am I like balancing all of these things? But I realized early on, I was like, you know, being a student, being a teacher, being a mother, being a wife, I decided a long time ago that I was going to definitely be more impressive at home mm-hmm. than I was going to be every, anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take care of this first. Absolutely. And that was a decision I made. And mm-hmm. I've been happier ever since. I know for um, me and Holden, our relationship as soon as the kids go down, because he's he's my best friend, we Aww. will sit and we will talk for hours. We'll laugh and joke. I love it. Um, we'll butt heads because, you know, he get on my nerves. <laughs> but course. he knows I love him. That's my boo. Yeah. But, you know, and we just talk and we kind of just decompress. And we do that mm. every night. Awesome. We make sure that we always talk and we always have um, just moments to, like, really talk about life and um, mm. our experiences and what does this mean for the family or how can we grow or how did like, how did you handle that situation? Did you Mm -hmm. handle it right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I love that he's never going to just tell me, Oh, you know, you're right. He Mm -hmm. will definitely tell me you were wrong in the way you approach that. Mm -hmm. And this is how you should fix it. Mm -hmm. Or, um, did you think about praying first? Because I'm pretty sure you didn't. And you're right. I didn't. That's That's on point. I'm glad that you mentioned that you guys have those moments to decompress after you put mm-hmm. the children a bit, because one of the questions that I had, and we'll just get to it now, is when do you have those moments with just the two of you? And how do you find the time and find balance with spending time with your spouse and then having that time for yourself, having time with friends? So we um, we started to have um, our, well, my, my in-laws watch the boys one weekend a month, like at the very end okay. of the month. Okay. And that is our weekend. And for that weekend, we talk about us, we plan, we strategize, and we just refresh ourselves. And we remember why we chose each other because mm-hmm. raising kids, you kind of start to lose yourself mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get those those moments to reconnect, mm-hmm. you can easily lose each other. Yeah, yeah. So we always make sure we we always stick by, we will have our one weekend a month. We also started transitioning um, who takes the kids where on Saturday. So every okay. other weekend, it's his Saturday or it's my Saturday. On that Saturday, I will take myself to do something. I might go out with friends. Mm-hmm. I might get my nails done. Mm-hmm. I'll do different things Okay, just, just for me. Yep. Or... Um, Last Saturday, like, you know, literally, like, maybe I'll just sleep in Mm -hmm. and I'll just have that time to myself. Mm -hmm. So we kind of worked that out. And it's, you know, we're working the kinks out here and there. But Mm -hmm. I think so far it's going well with doing that. Yeah, I love that. I love that explanation because me from the outside looking in, I just wonder how do two people, how do two people raise five children or how do two people raise it's like even when you have, let's say, three children, that's more than the two parents, right? Right. So I just wonder how do two people care for and balance life when it comes to just raising multiple children? And so I just like what you explained with how you and Holden have your schedules, with how you say, all right, this month I got this, or this year I got mm-hmm. this, and then I and then you have it that you have it that year or that mm-hmm. month. So I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. You answer that question for me. What is your biggest challenge raising 
your boys. It's just knowing that I am not going to be able to protect them from every harm that comes their way. Mm-hmm. So, because you always hear, okay, sticks and stones, but words. But I understand and know that words do hurt. Yes, and I do. know that mm-hmm. um, their feelings are going to be hurt. And those are things that as they get older, they might not want to communicate that with me. Mm-hmm. And I just know like their first heartbreaks or them experiencing racism for the first mm-hmm. time and different things like that, I know that I'm not going to be able to protect them from that. Mm-hmm. And that is my biggest struggle as a mother mm-hmm. because you love your kids mm-hmm. and you want the best for them and you want them to just go through life, um, enjoy peace and love. Mm-hmm. And you just know that every day will not be that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is that is my struggle. Mm-hmm. And then, like... You know, every now and then when it's another kid, that spirit of I fight kids comes up <laughs> and I'm ready. I'm ready uh-huh. to go. But, ooh. Yeah. but yeah, it's just knowing that I can't protect them like from everything, even though I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine a lot of mothers feel that way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's just like you said, they don't stay cute forever. Mm-hmm. They don't stay children forever. Right. At some point, they have to grow up and they have to experience yeah. life on their own. And as a mom, you have to learn how to let go. Yes. You know what I mean? So absolutely. I can see how that's challenging. Share with us some of your prayers for your children. So Holden specific, like he always prays for the boys um, that they will love God. You know, the greatest commandments to love God. And me, my prayer is always for them to love people and his creation. Mm-hmm. So I always I always want them to have a loving heart, a heart for people, and a love for just everything that God has created around them. Mm-hmm. Because I know that it's easy to hate someone who hates you. Mm-hmm. The very the most difficult thing to do is to love in times and just mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to be the bully. It's yeah. not always easy to be the kid who says, hey, stop that. That's right. So teaching them how to love and, and to be loving and then also to, to receive love mm-hmm. is is what like that's that's a prayer that I have constantly and holding. We constantly pray those prayers of just love over them and that they love God and that they love people mm-hmm. and that they will continue to walk in this path mm-hmm. and and to know and, and understand and learn about God for themselves. Mm-hmm. Not not my God, yeah. but learn who he is and re- have a relationship for yourself. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I love it. You're sharing so much wisdom. So much wisdom. Talk to us about an experience, a moment of breakthrough for you. Like is there anything that just stands out in your mind like, "Wow, I needed God's help with that right there and God helped me to overcome whatever that was for you." It was who? Well, I won't be specific, but one of the kids was having um, trouble in school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was fighting so hard for him because I knew that he was smart. He was this. He knew so much, you know. And as an educator, of course, there was a little bit of pride involved. Like, you know, like, I, you know, I see that he has it. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Then I just, God definitely had to, like, have me sit down and really sit down and understand that your children are definitely your children and you will, you know, 
you know, mark their path and tell them which way to go. But Mm -hmm. it's ultimately going to be their decision for the way that they will go. Mm -hmm. And that was that was one of those moments where I realized as a parent, like I have trained you to do X, Y, and Z, if you choose otherwise, Mm -hmm. of course, there's going to be repercussions, there's going to be actions, and you're going to have to deal with those things. So it was one of those moments where I had to just say, okay, I had to definitely just let go and let God. Mm -hmm. And of Mm -hmm. course, as I sat back and I, and I just prayed on it, I realized the situation started to fix itself. Whereas Hmm. I was trying to fix it. I realized that my hands weren't big enough Mm -hmm. or strong enough to do Mm -hmm. any of it. Yeah. So just sitting back and realizing that as a parent, like there are going to be things that you have, the kids do not come with an owner, like they don't come with a manual. (laughs) So when things are happening, you want to fix it, you want to do it, but sometimes like it just doesn't work out in that way. And then you have to realize that sometimes the best option is just prayer. Mm. And it was simple. And then it was, but it was almost so, it was profound. That's right. It was one of those things where I was like, oh. I could have just did this, you know, a couple months ago, like all this, all this heartache Mm -hmm. and all this, you know, frustration. Mm -hmm. And then there was anger. And I was like, you know, and then there was my pride involved because, you Mm -hmm. know, when your pride is hurt, your ego, (laughs) you're sitting there and you're like, man, I should have been, I should have taken my pride out of this a long time ago Mm -hmm. because things would have got fixed so much faster. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What would be your advice to moms out there who may be having a hard time raising their children? They may have five children like you. They may have however many children they have. What is what is some advice? What is some encouragement that you have for them? That um, you have to enjoy what you're doing. It's so easy to get caught up in the having to provide and having to do and having to make sure that these things are are taken care of that we forget that our children are our people they're loving they're you know you should be enjoying them and that when you have multiple children you have to take time to really get to know each of them on an individual mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. even if it's five ten minutes or it's a trip to the grocery store you just having that one-on-one time with them will give them a sense of um I'm no like my mom knows me mm-hmm. she knows me not us, the boys, yeah. but she knows me. She knows me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you just have to like really, really take your time to just digest and, mm-hmm. and to know your children. But definitely enjoy the ride because mm-hmm. it is fun. It's a, it's a, it's a fun ride. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you know, there's frustrations and the kids will argue or, you know, things won't go the way you want them to go. But mm-hmm. it's a journey that eventually you're they won't be little forever. And of course you'll be their mom forever, right? You'll, you'll always be their mom, Mm -hmm. but your relationship is going to shift and change as they Mm -hmm. get older. Mm -hmm. And you have to cherish each moment throughout the journey. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for answering my millions of questions (laughs) that I have for you today. Uh, This was definitely great. Um, It was inspiring Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, And I hope that it was inspiring for everyone who chose to watch this episode today. You took time out of your busy schedule to listen to Mrs. Karina talk about how to raise her five boys. And I really hope that it has encouraged all moms out there who needed some wisdom, who needed some encouragement on how to just do it. Just how how do you do it? 
thank you so much for listening. I pray that what you've heard encouraged you to remain hopeful and to never stop believing in God's strategic and perfect plan for your life. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and hit the notification bell to be notified of future episodes. You can also head over to my YouTube channel to check out the video recording and subscribe. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. God bless.